Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. My name is Ben and uh, it's been a little while. It's been a few weeks since uh, we've put out a new episode of the podcast because, uh, well, summer just kind of got away on me and was very a, a very busy time. Uh, but I'm so excited today to be welcoming a guest that's a very dear friend of mine. We're sitting at the back of the Basha United Church, which is about to be reopening, which is very exciting. September 5th, we're going to be opening the doors, still live streaming as well, our Sunday services. But we're going to start having people come back into the building here in Basha and at the Pinocchio United Church as well. Uh, so it's sort of a time of new beginnings and getting life going again with kids going back to school and firing up the podcast again. So my guest today is Carrie Domstead. Carrie, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I know you're a little bit nervous, but I, I assure you it's going to be fun. Thank you for, for coming on today. Well, thanks for having me, Ben. How are you feeling about, uh, you know, school starting up again and church starting up again and, and sort of a season of new beginnings? Oh, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing faces and start to seeing people move around a bit more. So good. Yeah. I think it's great for the kids and looking forward to church being back and just, yeah, hearing the sounds and the laughter of everybody we've missed all this time. Yeah, it has. It's been such a long time. And <clears throat> I think there's something to bringing a little bit of structure and order and schedule. Yeah. <laughs> like we've been looking at new activities for the kids. Aubrey just started piano lessons and at least had her first guitar lesson. Oh. And they're really excited about that. But we've been used We've had 17 months or so of being used to just kind of sticking around home, not yeah. traveling too much, and not seeing people as much. So uh, all of this new stuff starting up again, I think, is going to be really good for, for our family, good for our community, hopefully oh, for good sure. for your family. Yeah, um, Yeah. Now, one thing that's been bringing you to the church uh, is, uh, the I think we call it the midweek gathering, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's been kind of a cool thing to at least get people where you can safely be social distanced or how does, how has that been working? Like, can you kind of describe it a little bit? Sure. No, it's awesome. So how long ago was it? Probably about a month and a half ago, two months ago, we decided when it was, we were safely able to, that we would start it again. And this is my first time participating. And I don't know how to explain it other than I look so forward to Thursdays. You don't know who's kind of going to walk in the door for that hour and a half. And it's just been a great mix of people. We've had a couple people join us from Farintosh, which is awesome. Lots of different ages, you know, of, of everybody. And we just kind of get together and talk about anything and everything. Um, sometimes what's going on in the world, sometimes personally what's going on in our lives. And it's just kind of a moment where some of us or some people who don't have a lot of the social outlets or haven't had them for quite some time can just kind of be around people safely again. So yeah. I, I really like it. Like I almost want to get t-shirts and sweatshirts made. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, if you see our club walking around. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't had a chance to come to one yet, but you're making me really want to. Yeah, and it's fun. There's, yeah, there, there's such an importance to just getting together. And like I said earlier, we've really started to realize that as a society, I think yeah, how sure. much we miss it when it's taken away. Yeah. And it's easy to get comfortable, you know, like even our kids or even myself, it's easy to get comfortable when you have your collection of pajama pants sitting there in front of you <laughs> at home and you can garden in pajama pants and who cares? Nobody sees you, but, yeah. but there's something to be said in, in getting ourselves out there again and, and congregating just even society or anybody I get excited seeing anybody on the street you know like somebody I don't even know you're striking up conversation just because it's you're genuinely happy to see someone yeah else. well but, and yeah. you know I think that especially for people who live in a really small rural community like mm -hmm. we do um it's there's smaller circles and there's your your cross-section of the community or of society is a little bit more like you, you're. More, I think you're more likely to end up with just a more random assortment of, of mm -hmm. connections and people in your life, and be friends with, you know, someone who's 40 years older than you or 20 years younger than you because Absolutely. you're not part of just, you know, like our, our kids, for example, they have like 12 kids that are in their same grade in school, so yeah. your pool is just yeah, so exactly. much smaller. But there's there's a lot of good and positive stuff that comes out of that too. Yeah. Um, and just show, reinforces that human connection is human connection. We're all just humans. Absolutely. And so regardless of age, gender, interests, yeah. uh, cultural background, ethnicity, any of those things, they're really not that important yeah. <laughs> when it comes to just making a connection with somebody. For sure. 
Um, so, hey, why I thought that it would be great for us to have a chat and do a podcast episode is that you're someone that I've always really enjoyed talking to about uh, anything, I mean, anything, period, but anytime that we get talking about anything regarding religion and spirituality and beliefs, because we're part of the same church community and congregation, um, church family, and, uh, you know, some one of the other things that we'll have here at the church the last few years is our gathering, uh, uh, where we, gathering evenings, right, where mm-hmm. we get together and just... Robin usually shows a few different videos. We'll have some live music and we just talk. And Mm -hmm. so really this is no different than that. And we've had such great conversations, you and I, as part of those group evenings uh, getting together. And I just thought it would be great to hear more of your story of kind of how you got to the person you are today, uh, how you got to the place where you're at in your own beliefs and your own uh, spiritual journey and to just sort of explore some of that mm-hmm. story together and, and whatever you're willing to share. So um, I don't know where we start, but maybe just as um, as a bit of background, where like what was sort of your uh, religious upbringing, if you will? Like, did you grow up going to church as a child, um, and where was that? And just okay. paint a little bit of a picture for that. Of okay. That for, for um, Imagine a small town in northern Saskatchewan. Um, that's where I was. No, I, I'm from Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Yeah. And uh, we were raised in a Pentecostal um, environment, church. Okay. Uh, and we, uh, we went to church like twice on Sundays. There was Wednesday Bible studies once you got to a certain age. Then there was, you know, the youth group and all that. So I grew up in a very structured family, um, I would say church-wise. Um, you know, that that's kind of was my up, upbringing. So that would have been sort of in the picture yourself in the 70s, 80s, late 70s, 80s, I yeah. would say, would have been my yeah. my uh, growing up years there. So yeah, that's kind of where that experience all started. And so twice on Sundays? Twice on Sundays. There was so a Sunday morning that. and a Sunday evening. Wow. Two different services. Yeah, and you'd it, go to both. And we would go to both. Would most people or was it yes. you guys were just No, no, super most keeners. people would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I remember that like, you know, 10 o'clock on Sundays and then seven o'clock. Yeah. Every Sunday. So it was very structured brought up and it was, you know, I, I, you learned to memorize all the, the memory verses and, and, but as far as relationship wise, I think at that time, for me, it was just more of, again, a structured thing as a kid. You go, not forced to go, but everybody gets in the car and that's just kind of your lifestyle. Um, but is, regarding relationship-wise or personal relationship-wise, that would have more started for me probably at the teen years when I would have been kind of sent out to teen camp. But maybe not in the most conventional way because I was, I kind of found myself to always, I, I remember at camp one year, for me, it started when there was one speaker who had talked about hypocrisy in the church, you know, and, and that was the first time I had ever questioned anything. Otherwise, it was just sort of instilled upon you and you kind of go with the flow of, yeah. this is our family life. And that really hit me and I, I struggled with that through my teens a lot, but I never, I never seemed to waver on um, my personal relationship. I always with, with what you, you know, with God or Jesus Christ, um, that I never, ever wavered on, but I, I had a lot of issues growing up and reconciling, um, maybe a lot of the church issues or, or Mm -hmm. the leadership roles in the church. Mm. Um, I, I never quite understood where, you know, a lot of it came from. And maybe it's because I didn't understand a lot of the doctrines of the church again, just sort of raised you know, to go along with it, but. And, and I'm, is it, am I safe to assume like pretty limited exposure to like other, um, other religions, other, or even just other, other forms of Christianity outside of that Pentecostal? Yeah. Like it seemed where, where I was from it, um, it, there was kind of like not packs, but there was, you know, the evangelical, there would, there was the Alliance, there was kind of the free Methodist, our church, and you would kind of congregate and do things like there were hockey nights or what have right. you. But, but no, like I, I wasn't brought up with a lot of diversity on different beliefs. Um, you know, more so this is kind of our line of, of thinking or how I thought it to be. This is what I was what I'm designed to think and to live this way. And when I started questioning it was, 
when I realized that there are, like when the foundations of who Christ sort of is and what I'm seeing in the church, I couldn't reconcile that at a young age. Things like, how can I be sitting in this church when two doors down there's a family that I know, uh, you know, is, is in turmoil? How, how can we, and those at that, you know, 13, 14, 15 age, and that turned me off a lot to, to church per se. Um, because again, I didn't, I guess I didn't develop those relationships in church to keep me going, you know? Mm. Um, so I decided to go a different way and I, it's not, I turned my back on God. I didn't turn my back on God, but I definitely walked away from the, the church or the religious aspect of, well, I don't like saying it that way, but of church. Um, so the structure, the structure the, of it, the exactly. organization of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we, we were raised some fundamental things in our household where you, you know, you couldn't even really play cards because there are people use cards for gambling or things like going to movies. We never were able to go to movies because it's not necessarily going to see my little pony in the movie theater. <laughs> it's you're paying for the movie after it. So there were fundamental things that, okay, I got explained why I wasn't allowed to do these things, but I never really, I couldn't really wrap my brain around right. it. Um, but yeah. pretty, fairly strict. Hey? Fairly strict. Like, yeah. And I a remember lot of- my great grandma, I have stories of my great grandma saying the devil's right in them cards. Yeah. Or you know, it's not the dancing; it's what the dancing yeah. leads to. And like and that's exactly it for dancing. Yeah. And I, I couldn't understand that. And what's so funny about that <laughs> is, okay, so I tell people, you know, we weren't allowed to do play cards. We did. We played war in the basement. You know, found a deck, of, <laughs> confiscated some cards from someone and played with them downstairs. Yeah. But, you know, is regarding the dances and all that, we, we weren't allowed to do it. But yet now I look at my parents and totally different view. They say, still have the same Christian-like heart I remember being brought up with. But they go to movies now and, and my mom and dad love to dance. And it's like, well, oh man, if only we could have done that in younger, you know, but, but that's just the way it was. Yeah. Like and we the- didn't go to school dances. I remember I snuck to one in grade seven or eight and I just felt awful about it. I had a lot of fun though. But I <laughs> still, that conviction or that... I don't know if it's shame or not really understanding what I was brought up to believe, I guess. Right. Well, it's all you knew, I guess. It right? is. It is. But I think it, it, looking back now as an adult, I think even for my own kids and with church, it, it, to me, I'd rather them, you know, instead of all the, the Bible verses and everything, which is everything's very important, um, I'd rather them really be focused on at a young age, like where, who Christ was and what he stood for and the compassion that we're supposed to show the world, you know, stuff like that as children. Like if I think if that to me is what I would like to see, which is why I gravitated towards this church. Yeah. That's the, the main reason why it's kind of like, it would have been the opposite. I had the opportunity to, I feel, develop relationship with God sort of after it's all structured into my life. Whereas this way now I'm at the point where um, I have my relationship. I've always had it, but now it's more, I'm looking for the family of the church aspect. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to church to find the, my meaning in God, you know, or, or God's meaning in my life. Sure. I, I, I kind of already know that. Well, it changes daily, but you know, I have a good idea of fundamentally inside who that is, but um, yeah. So that's really cool that you were able to make that shift in um, that, I mean, there's a pretty drastic difference yeah. between that type of Christianity, that like pretty extreme evangelicalism, yeah. if, if that's the right word, um, to just a bit more open uh, interpretation, yeah. uh, but without it having to threaten your sense of understanding of what God is, who God is, what your relationship is yeah. with with God and your, your views about Jesus, any of that could could come with you intact yeah, and yeah. not be threatened by, you know, changing some of the packaging and mm-hmm. changing some of the labeling. Um, that's really neat. Yeah. I, w- I was, I've been curious about that because I know you've mentioned it a few times that you kind of grew up in a pretty fundamentalist uh, Pentecostal yeah. upbringing, church background. Um, and a lot of times when people do have that moment of um, being kind of, What's the word? Just kind of it, when it, when it all falls apart, they almost it's like all or nothing. Like they have to they f- sometimes feel this need to like just walk away from religion, period, or even yeah. walk away from some of their beliefs. Um, and that's a that's a difficult journey to walk, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we, we had a, a podcast episode 
um, with the naked pastor. I'm not sure if you yeah. had a chance to listen yeah, to that one, yeah. but David talks about this process of deconstructing mm-hmm. and that he went through and he kind of shared some of his own journey of what that was like to deconstruct all of the beliefs that he had been raised in and then what it was like to start to question all of that and realizing that it's, you know, it's actually okay and it's actually even healthy to question. Absolutely. And I think that's a, there's no better example of that than Jesus. When you look at Jesus's life is that he came into a society where there was this order and there was this religious structure and he questioned the crap out of everything. Absolutely. And just said, well, why? Why? Why does this have to be this way? Why Why can't we do this on a Sabbath? Why can't we heal people on a, right? Mm-hmm. And and just turned everything on its head. And so it's to me, it's always been ironic that we've now created this religion called Christianity that's supposed to be all about Jesus and his teachings and his life. Yeah. And we've swung back around into it all being about structure and about order and about rules and about do this and thou shalt and shalt not. Yeah. And that's not who he was. Absolutely. All of these stories are about, you know, him challenging that and the authority and the structure and order. And then we've gone and created this system that's, you know, right mm-hmm. back to that. So um, I, I, the hypocrisy, like you used that word, is there's no shortage of it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think we're so lucky that as society's changing and as the times have kind of changed and even your parents dance, starting to yeah, dance and yeah. play cards and stuff, um, we're lucky that we are around, that we live in a time where um, some of that has come to, I think, a bit better of an understanding that yeah. it's more about the, like, the the underlying truth within those teachings than the literal word, right? Well, and it, it, true. And it, it's so neat to see different perspectives. Like even you mentioned the Thursday, ga- when we meet on um, Thursdays at 11 yeah. o'clock. And uh, if anybody's interested in coming, I usually bring some baked sweets, not baked by myself, but locally baked. <laughs> <laughs> Just enjoy. But to hear different, uh, other no other way, different uh generations, I guess, talk about things and to see how progressive or some churches are, or, you know, we could be talking about something that's quite political or quite, uh, could be quite taboo that you wouldn't think that their opinion would be different than it might've been 20, 30 years ago, but it's incredible to listen to these beautiful ladies and and men talk and just to hear that they're right, right where we are, you know, Hmm. and they've lived their whole life. A lot of them in in the same church, you know, for so many years that the church has gone through changes and to see that their spirit has never wavered, but that they're willing to go with some of the changes as well. They're not just, it's not complete structure without there being a, a, you know, limitations on change or limitations on transformation, they're okay with that. And that's so cool to see that Mm. because my past was always, it was very cut and dry. And I remember Ben, there was a family that, uh, from a different, you know, one of our, not a sister church, but the, we played hockey Friday and I didn't, my dad played hockey, my brother's (laughs) Friday night. And there was this family and I grew up with the, you know, the son and daughter, sons around my age, parents, wonderful parents. We, we knew them, we would do, you know, go for suppers and that with them. And then, um, the, the, my friend's dad ended up one day, he committed suicide and it was just very tragic, very sad. But I remember being really confused because I remember in church thinking or hearing, um, that, you know, sin or suicide was one of those unforgivable sins or just being really confused where the church stood on it. But I I remember Mm. having a really, not a pleasant feeling on where they stood on it. And that was the moment I thought to myself there, one of the moments where I thought there is no way this God of love whom I envision to be, like, you know, when you see a two-year-old being lifted up and they're, or they're being comforted yeah. and they just fall into the arms of whoever's holding them and they trust that they're holding them. Like to me, I, I envision my Jesus to be, you know, someone who is roughly, if I had to put it into my terms, I don't know, he'd be about what, 20 feet tall and being able to <laughs> hold and lift up, you know, during those. Just that strength. Yeah, and that com- strength and, and gentleness. And- right. And I, I couldn't think to myself, how can I reconcile this in my head? And that was one of the first moments where I felt truly comfortable knowing that my view of my Jesus that I know to hold me in those times um, has not changed from when I was five, six, seven, hearing the stories 
uh, at that point being 15, 16, uh, you know, struggles in life, going through all different decades of my own life, that picture of him has never changed. It's all, and I, I can't even, I couldn't draw it. I can't put a face to it. I can't, you know, right. I just envision it. It's more the feeling of it. And that, that has stayed with me in my, you know, 49 years on this planet. <laughs> um, that's never changed. So to me, that's the part that no matter what think structures may change, denominations may change that we go to or, or buildings or cities or towns, as long as you have that, the back of like the soul feeling of, of who and what you believe in, yeah. that shouldn't change no matter, even if your ideologies change. Yeah. And uh, that, that was one of those pivotal moments for me, I thought. And I ran into this guy Actually, about my friend, about oh, now how long ago now? I don't know, 25 years ago now, ran into him again, older, married, like, you know, older than he was. And I had a conversation with him, and I said, I have to tell you, the one thing that struck me growing up was in the church was the fact that um, after your dad passed, just how to reconcile that. And, and I couldn't reconcile it with what I had been taught. Hmm. Not that it didn't change who I who I fell in, no lack of word, who I fell in love with as Jesus or who my love for Jesus is, but just those fundamental, you know, the, the, I struggled a lot with that. Do that's what I mean, kind of hypocrisy yeah. of what I know now to be. That's not the God who I believe there right. to be and who, who is any of us to have that strict judgment as to make that call on what God would say and do yeah. in any moment, you know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So deep stuff like that kind of got me thinking that. Yeah. Huh? But yet it's never faltered, like to this day. You could ask me about theology. I would have no idea on a lot of things. Um, I do know that there were strong men in the Bible, like, uh, you know, Moses, Jesus, I believe Paul, I might have that one wrong, who had their faith, questioned their faith a bit, went off in the world on their own and came back and then their calling was brought to fruition, right? So it's right. not like these men were, were in one had their faith strong and, and their one community, their whole life and their whole mission. They didn't. They went off and did something totally different and found that. And then it was later on in life, almost like when they got a little bit of wisdom on their own, you know, yeah. went through some hard knocks of life and well, then kind of click. Yeah. And I mean, any of us who are older than, you know, those early, early adult years have, have experienced our, our own version of that. Yeah, right? for Where sure. I think, um, yeah, it's just a, a really essential part of growing up and growing into your your highest um, being, your the best version of yourself. Is that you mm -hmm. need that that process or those crucible moments, For sure. the challenges, the the wilderness moments, right? Yeah, that that really cause you to 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 challenge your own assumptions, to challenge, to explore your own beliefs, to mm -hmm. have some doubts. Mm -hmm. I, one of the things that I love that uh, our minister Robin uh, says uh, about another Bible character is, you know, doubt, doubting Thomas. You learn mm -hmm. all about doubting Thomas in, in Sunday school growing up. And I remember f several years ago, Robin, uh, for the first time saying, I love doubting Thomas and I don't view him as, you know, I, how did he say it? I think he said this, this character of Thomas has a stronger faith maybe than any of the other disciples yeah. because he has the willingness to doubt and to, to share those doubts and to ask those questions and to go searching absolutely for, for truth and I think rather than just blindly believing for sure and I think that without doubt in doubt or questioning at some point in any relationship like you look at any of our relationships that we have as humans you know our parents our kids our husbands our friends or whatever it is there's always a moment of well, wait a minute, and to not question it and to learn to delve into then trusting that relationship. Part of the reason we trust is we, because if there was ever a doubt, then that doubt's been quashed. You know, we've been able to work through that with whoever or whatever yeah. situation we're in relationally. And I, I believe it's the same way. If, if there's not times where you do doubt it, like to me, if I haven't ever doubted, I wouldn't know if it's real. Yeah. Like in, in, in essence and in faith, you know, especially in seeing... I, I had to let go, though, of a little bit of the bitterness of the hypocrisy that I've, I've felt mm. towards the church, because uh, even later on in life, talking with my siblings and that, and, and my sister, she said, you know, you've mentioned a few times how you felt about this particular person. Like, can you look back now and see where that, and totally, I can, I can understand yeah. it, but, but yet fundamentally, no, it doesn't change it. But I so, do, 
so what helped you to let go of that if you did harbor or carry with you some some scorn or bitterness or resentment or anger or what I don't I'm not going to put well, any I emotions in your like speak for you but what yeah. what did yeah what helped you to sort of move past that I think it was realizing that whatever my own personal faith inside and whether you looked at my lifestyle at the time like maybe I was a young kid who smoked or whatever I like to dance and all that kind of stuff that, that has nothing to do with like when I dropped all those preconceptions of what a Christian or Christianity um, is about, then all I was left with was my personal relationship. So to me, that's what I just carried through. Did it mean you could, you know, see it on my face every day? Absolutely not. But fundamentally, it never left, changed my heart, you know? Mm. Um, And then it's just finding your people in life that you connect with in different seasons and reasons and times of our life. And the United, this church here in town was one that just having a background somewhat, you know, of, of a, a church family, uh, stepping into it, just every preconceived notion I may have ever had just wiped right out of the window. Every, every teaching hmm. I thought that should have been followed, like, you know, be stewards to your community and the, it follows things from walking into the church. And I don't know if any, if this was done as a purposely for function of the church when it was being built or if, if it's symbolic, but even where pastor Robin's office door is, it's at a slant and it's slanted towards the front of the church, the entrance, and it's slanted towards the sanctuary where being brought up. I remember the, the pastor's offices were always way at the, you know, the back kind of like, kind of like the principal's office, the, right. the church office. And it always yeah. seemed unattainable. Like, oh, you go back there by appointment only. And whereas... The inner, inner Yeah, like, the, the it's right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but whereas I found here, it's like the door's usually open. If Robin's in his office, he greets you. But it's more of that welcoming feeling. So something symbolically like where his office is, to me... Hmm. It, it struck me because I thought in this That's big so in this big building he could have literally made that at any time an, uh, a beautiful library uh, anything he's got tons of books they've got tons of stuff here and taken any one of the rooms in the basement you know just so he could sit to have a bit of privacy his own space away. but it, no because that to me. That's not what he stands for in leading this church. He's right there. And and that, to me, something simple as a door where it's placed, it just, it triggered me at that moment to think, yeah, you know what? It shows. And, and the sidewalk, our beautiful sidewalk, and just the way they are with everybody and seeing the 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 different generations interact, like yeah. your children, my children, the, somebody has a baby and the whole community is so excited. The seniors, like everybody's all interacting together it's it's so cool to see Hmm. yeah but Um, so so for for anyone who hasn't walked into our church to just add on to what you said about the sidewalk or to explain that we uh i guess i don't remember what year it was but four or five years ago now maybe maybe more it was more because it was before we moved here was it yeah okay so we have a giant rainbow painted onto the sidewalk and the ramp uh the big cement ramp that comes up to to the entrance of the church and it's impossible to miss yeah <laughs> and it and we've heard uh just from the people we've who've actually said something that like oh yeah that's why i came or oh yeah i saw that and i wanted to learn more like there's been numerous stories like that yeah. where you know you actually hear from the person that it's made that kind of impact and then who knows how many other people it's made a difference to or made them think or mm-hmm. portrayed that story that like just that um that welcoming, inviting, safe space, that that statement to the community yeah. um, and out on social media as well through the yeah. sharing of pictures of it and that, that, you know, we, this is what we stand for. This is who we are as, as a group of people, as a church family, that anyone is, everyone is safe yeah. here and welcome. And it's amazing how paint can make somebody either decide, you're making a statement of either to me saying all is welcome. And if you're not comfortable with with where we stand on this, this is where we stand. So you can show, choose to either drive by and go to a different church, what doesn't matter, or but this is where we are. Like it's such a bo- it's such a wonderful, loving statement to make without mm-hmm. saying a word. You yeah, know? yeah, it is powerful. It just is very that, that powerful. Pattern of colors can it, well, it is, can and it's really that. just paint. Yeah, 
but the statement it makes. And then there's a big angel out front that you could come, you know, the angel wings taking, that you can come and get your picture taken in front of her. You can explain that more. Yeah. But to me, I'm thinking that's incredible. Like they actually attach this to the side of their building yeah. for anybody to walk up and use. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to me, the statement that that communicates is we are all um, spiritual beings. Yeah. We are all angels. Mm-hmm. And to, to look for that in anyone that you meet, like Robin says, you know, looking for Christ in, looking yeah. for Jesus in your neighbor, in, your, in, in anyone, right? Because that spirit of Jesus, that, that angelic uh, holiness is in all of us. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, stand at the wall with where the wings are and, mm-hmm. and have your picture taken and, and show your wings, like mm-hmm. live that out into the world and live it in the community. There's another uh, item on the front there. I don't remember all of the phrasing on it, but it's this giant sign that just says, be the church. And it's all of these short little phrases mm-hmm. about what being the church means to us. And we had that designed and made up, oh yeah, probably seven, eight years ago now. So there's, yeah, there's lots of, lots of those things that for me, I just almost take it for granted. Like it's just normal. Right. But mm-hmm. to, it's, it's neat to hear your, your perspective on someone who has come here um, from a different background and what was striking to you or what was noteworthy or what was different. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, churches everywhere have like mixes of ages and churches everywhere have music and churches everywhere have all of those different elements. But sometimes it's more about a feeling, I mm-hmm. think, that you can't quite even put uh, your finger on or put yeah. the words to that what what it is that makes it feel that way. But you just walk into that group of people and maybe from one Sunday to the next, it's not even the, the exact same group of people, but yet, and, and Robin might even be away that Sunday. Yeah. It's not necessarily about the leadership even, right? but that the whole of the community has this overall feeling or energy or just uh, culture to it mm-hmm. that gives you that feeling of being safe, gives you that feeling of inclusivity and welcoming and, um, fellowship and just all of those wonderful things that are why we, why we have, why we do church, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one thing I'd love to ask you, Carrie, is when, during this period of time in your life, I, I get, I'm gathering, it was like you said, just sort of as a young adult and the questioning and, um, exploring and redefining what your own personal beliefs were and then where that spiritually led you in your spiritual journey did you have specific people who kind of you looked to and 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 either as like a spiritual mentorship kind of a role or just in, inspirational uh, either real relationships like with people in the community or people like stories that you read about or was there anything that kind of supported you along the way in terms of other people's stories relationships? Mm, yeah, my family, like my my parents and my siblings, um, my sister and I are very close. And she, she, I think she bought me a Philip Yancey books or, or book, or it was Max Lucado. I can't remember, and I don't remember the title of it. But a certain couple authors um, and C.S. Lewis. I just love C.S. Lewis. But Mere Christianity to me, that's a book that everybody should read. But um, so more searching, kind of personally that way. I think through. Mm through that. And then again, just always knowing that I had, I still had it, you know, that, that it never left. It was always, he's always, you know, the relationship's always been with me. Um, yeah. So no, not a lot other than, yeah, maybe just kind of family and, and just do it in some books, I guess. So when you came to Basha, Mm -hmm. where would you say that you were at in terms of that shifting and that, Oh, I think I would have been shift. uh, shifted probably before that, but I didn't have a church that I per se would call okay. my home at all. When we lived, uh, it wasn't until I moved to Bashaw that I got back in hmm. to a, I, we would go with my parents to their church and their community church in Airdrie. But it wasn't when really we were telling, your no, church family. No, we didn't have a, a, a church family. So were you nervous uh, exploring the thought of, finding a church again? No, it was literally so organic, Ben. It was, um, our daughter had, because it was something I wanted to do. We had our youngest child, Naya, um, was getting to be, you know, around that age where I thought, well, it'd be kind of nice to 
be in part of a community church, especially in a smaller atmosphere, yeah. smaller town. Um, and then it was just quite by accident through theater and through Robin and Lori. And then it just organically grew into, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's actually crazy how it was just so organic. And it was almost like you're part of a family without even realizing you're part of a family until you realize <laughs> these people are my family. Like, <laughs> That's funny it was that just so happen. organic. Yeah. yeah. It, I wasn't even searching. And gradual, hey? It, yeah. There was, yeah. It was just so gradual and so yeah. now such an important part. I think it might have been when back when we did, um, we were doing the Angels Among Us kind of campaign. Uh, yeah just leading up to Christmas uh, and the prince, quite a few uh, yeah. years ago. And then we had like the this angel run as part of that, where we did like um, the run around the town. Yeah. And you guys came yeah. and did that. And I remember just, I think it was, I might have been having a conversation with Jackie and we were talking about your family and we're like, well, yeah, they're part of the church family. And then I, I stopped and thought, well, they've never come to church on a Sunday, but they're... <laughs> But they're absolutely part of it, like I know. as much as anybody else would be. That's crazy. And, and, but it has, but it had, it didn't have to have anything to do with sitting in a pew on a Sunday morning. It was yeah. just all the other things. It was that you so guys much were, the other things. And some of them weren't even churchy things, like activities, like like you said, our our theater group, our community theater group here in Basha uses the church space. Yeah. And a lot of the people and the leadership are like Robin, Lori, Jackie, who are in, heavily involved in the church. And so there's that overlap of church leadership and they're the people organizing the theater stuff, but it's not, you know, the church that's putting it on. And yet all of these people who become sort of part of that family, they, it's just this beautiful, fluid Isn't crossover so into building community in a way that is... It is what the church is about, but it doesn't have to be about having a quote-unquote worship service or right. um, Bible study or a Sunday morning thing. Well, and the thing about it is, is even you've mentioned like the gathering, like that was brought up by a group of people that wanted something something else to do, right? And they wanted a way to get together. So it was a group of people that got together and started it. And yeah. that's the thing about this church is they're, they're so willing to be, what do you need? What do you guys want to do? Hey, what did we start this? Sure. Let's go for it. Supportive on every aspect of it. The community breakfast, the community, you know, the pancake breakfast or the suppers yeah. before COVID times, that's really what drew us. And that had nothing to do with the a church component or the religious component at all. It's just their doors are open as if a church, as a church is designed to be. Yeah. And I've never in all my years seen it in, and my brothers have both been pastors for many years. My one brother still is in Regina. So I've been to many churches. I have never seen a church like that or felt that, that just that heart and that spirit of it. Hmm. Yeah, it's wow. incredible. It really is. Well, it we, is. I guess we can't take it for granted, hey? No, no, because <laughs> like you don't see who, it a lot. Yeah. I, I remember I was thinking back to um, earlier when you were talking about your uh, your experience of having the friend whose father passed away mm -hmm. by suicide and, and all of the stuff that that brought up for you and questioning some of the religious um, position on that. Um, that brought up a memory for me when Kelly and I lived in Halifax for about a year before we got married and came back to Alberta. Um, while we were out there, I was kind of think, feeling like, well, we got to find a, we got to find a church, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, um, we tried out quite a few. We explored a few different denominations and a few different churches just by like literally Googling like different churches in Halifax. And it's a big enough city that there's a heck of a lot to choose from mm -hmm. and a lot of diversity and range from like, like the bizarre to the like <laughs> traditional and everywhere in between. And it was so interesting taking just like say two or three months and experiencing like four or five different churches, I think probably in total we went to and how vastly different all of them were. Like wow. we had one experience where, um, at the end, it was like, I didn't mind it. Like there was some like really crazy like worship music that I, I, I thought that was nice, like that they had a band and stuff and um, the sermon was okay. And I, I didn't really, didn't click like, oh, we got to for sure come back here. But everyone was nice and friendly and there was nothing that was like really like, oh, this is mm -hmm. sketchy <laughs> or whatever. 
But at the end, um, they were like, you guys got to stay for potluck. And we're like, oh, we didn't bring anything. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, don't worry about that. You're, you're staying. Like, they were kind of claiming us, right? But almost in a, not aggressive, but like fairly assertive, like, mm-hmm. you got to stay. And we're like, oh, okay, this is a little bit awkward. And, <laughs> and then they gave us this like mug as this like welcoming gift. And it was almost like overboard welcoming mm-hmm. where... The authenticity, and I don't know that I would have even put my finger on it back then, but thinking back more, and Kelly had made some comments about it too, where she felt uncomfortable, and I was like, really? Why? I don't know. They seem really friendly to me. <laughs> I got a mug. But, yeah, we got a mug. <laughs> but thinking back on it, it was more like they didn't know any, anything about us, mm-hmm. and I think they just had certain things in place, like, well, we'll give people a welcome gift, and we'll do mm-hmm. this, and we'll do that, and, and that'll make people feel welcome, but it wasn't really based on authentic connection mm-hmm. that was making us feel welcome. It was like, this is our program and this is what we do. And we have potluck and we give people a gift. And then, you know, like it, it was almost impersonal mm-hmm. because it's just like, we just, we do this for everybody. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm describing that well, but so we didn't go back there. And then there was another church that we went to that was really different. It used, uh, they, they didn't have a building. So they used uh, the movie theater on Sunday mornings, there's no movies playing at Sunday morning. So they rent out literally the, the theater and they would have this, which makes a lot of sense in mm-hmm. a city. Like you've got this giant screen and incredible sound system. So you can have like really cool, like video um, immersive, like, you know, multimedia kind of stuff. And the band can set up there really quickly and then, you know, tear down and have to clean out and be gone at the end. But they, so they, um, we went there once and, and I liked it enough that I thought we should go back there. And then we invited some friends of ours who were United Church people to come with us. And I, th- I was all excited, like, oh, they're going to think this is so cool. And it happened to be a Sunday that they were doing communion. And the, the minister or pastor, um, when he started the communion thing, he um, basically made this statement that, like, for anyone here today who has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior in their heart. And like, um, just, uh, we would invite you to come up and, and uh, participate in communion. And then our friend, she put up her hand. She said, I'm sorry, I have a question. And he said, oh yeah, sure, go ahead. And she, I, I, if I'm remembering it clearly, she basically said, are you saying that um, the communion table is not a, a place that's welcome to someone who's questioning their whether they... Um, want to believe all of that or mm-hmm. questioning what they believe or just, you know, haven't had that epiphany moment of accepting Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And he said, yeah, that is, I guess that is what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is a thing that communion is a sacred sacrament of, you know, sharing yeah. the blood and body of, of Christ and the Holy Sacrament. I like, described the whole thing and biblically and religiously and whatever. And she's like, yeah, I think I'm good then. Thanks. And wow. she didn't get up and I was like so impressed by her, mm-hmm. but I was already like, I was, I had already started walking to the front and I was too embarrassed to turn around and go back. So I, so I took the communion and I sat there thinking, feeling that hypocrisy mm-hmm. and that like, okay, but what, the, what this is supposed to mean yeah. is that it's for everyone. Right. And that's why Jesus did what he, everything that he did. Yeah. And now we're going to say that this is for certain people and that you got to, you know, jump through a certain hoop and say a certain prayer with certain words and you got to yeah. do the dance just right. And then you're in the club. Yeah. I'm sorry. But yeah. so, and then we never went back to that church again after that. And we eventually found a, a United Church in Halifax where we felt a little bit more at home. They had a great minister. I joined the choir there. It was awesome. <laughs> and it was like a block away from our apartments. <laughs> it was perfect. But like I said, it was interesting to see how different mm-hmm. relig- the religious experience can be from one church to the next, in the same community even, mm-hmm. um, and just experiencing in a personal way what the hypocrisy can feel like when someone has the guts to, to question it and to point it out. Yeah. And then it's like, it's almost one of those things that like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And then you just have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. There, there were a few things like that where it does it. And that's when you start to think and you start to wonder and 
I don't know, again, in relationship, I think that's good, or like you had said, the naked pastor had said, to have that, without that, what is there? But just to blindly follow, and I've seen that a lot in my life, mind you, who am I to judge if they're fine, blindly following, but just, yeah, it's just the openness we're, miss, we're missing, and I think a lot of people are missing the mission, like the whole, what Jesus stood for, the end of the day. You know, mm. when did he rant? When did he get upset, as Pastor Robin was talking about on Sunday? He, he ranted. He was upset, like to get that upset about it. Obviously, things are, you know, I think we'd be very surprised in our civilization if Jesus walked down to earth and walked <laughs> around the streets and been like, wow, you guys, the vast majority of you guys have it so wrong. And it's just so simple. I said it all along, you yeah. know, follow me or my light is love. Treat others as you want to be treated. All, all these great quotes and sayings. Yeah. It's just... But they're just taken for granted and put on little Sunday school walls and that's it. But yeah. really, that's the fundamental, that's the fundament, fundamental part of Christianity right there. That's God the is truth love. Of it, yeah. yeah, period. Which, um, which Christianity doesn't have a copyright on. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, or a monopoly of like the, that fundamental truth that uh, we all come from love and return to love. Yeah. And that we're all one, we're all connected, we're all valuable and beautiful and treasured and important and that all of creation is. There's, there are countless different um, religious systems and beliefs and teachings mm -hmm. that teach that same truth. And some of them were around for hundreds or thousands of years before Jesus came along. Yeah. So to, to, for us to say, well, you know, Christianity is is the only way and everyone else is going to hell. Like I know. That was one of my big ones and like around that age 18, 19, 20 yeah. where I'm like, I don't know about this guys. <laughs> really starting my deconstructing process. Yeah, that's exactly it. it. And 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 I grew up in a United Church in a United Church in Panoka. So I I wasn't even growing up in a in a system that was like really hardcore literal either. Mm -hmm. But it was still, um, it's still a struggle for me. So I can't imagine the, you know, the mental gymnastics and the oh, man. just the spiritual journey that you've been through in making mm -hmm. that that shift. Well, I, I also remember one guy saying, one camp counselor saying, or one camp speaker saying one time, if they at the end of the day, if Christianity, if we find out it's just we're all wrong, then he said it's it's literally not a bad life to live. Like, okay, so so we were wrong. You know, and I remember thinking, but, but what about the wasted life, you know, that you went believing in something and then, but at the end of the day, you're living your life with grace and love, yeah. you know, and just be, and you're believing in something. There's nothing wrong with believing. You need to believe in things in order to survive. We believe in love. Yeah. We believe in relationship, you know, with other humans. What's so, to I me, there that. wasn't a big, big. Yeah. It's like the, we feel like there's a need to answer this question of like, what's the meaning of life yeah. as though there's there's an answer. Yeah. And, and there isn't. No, we like, weren't designed by whatever designed it, whether you want to call it the little green guy in the sky or whatever you want to call <laughs> it, I don't care. But we weren't designed that way. There's, there's no possible way. I, I don't believe anyways. But if you were to sit here and with all your heart told me you believe the absolute opposite, then that is totally fine. I, it's up to me. To, like, who am I not to treat your opinions with the same love and respect that I would want mine treated as? Yeah. For you sure. know, it's just, it seems we, so backwards. We, we create that purpose and we create that meaningfulness mm -hmm. by believing it. Mm -hmm. You literally are bringing it into being by believing it to be true, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, it reminds me of the argument of, like, when people argue about, you know, uh, climate change and are, are humans causing climate change or is it just natural? And then the environmentalist says to that question, so if we make all these changes as a society and we clean up the rivers and we stop poisoning the lakes and oceans and, and, and we all of a sudden have cleaner sky or cleaner air to, to breathe and cleaner water to drink and, and just a more equitable world. And we find out that it wasn't all caused by humans. Then we've built a better world for nothing. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Like, so what if you're wrong, but yeah. you're, but you're, um, by believing that, you know, maybe we're doing some things on this planet that, aren't very sustainable and we could do better. We right. could be better stewards of the earth. Yeah. And so you make all these great changes and then you look back and think, well, you know, maybe the carbon level in the atmosphere would have been like that anyway, 
okay, so what? Yeah. We, the point is that we realized there's some things we could be doing better. Yeah, for sure. And Absolutely. I, I think there's a parallel there to parallel to, um, to this question of, well, there's no, you can't prove that there's a God. Well, no, you're right. I can't. No. I can't prove it to you. I can't prove it to myself, but I can choose whether or not to believe that people are inherently good. I can choose to believe that we come from some type of source energy that is a beautiful, loving source and that we return to that. Absolutely. Like, you, can, you can choose to believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, that's all we really have is our, our choice while we're alive to choose how to live, to choose how to our way of being in the world and to choose what our thoughts and our beliefs are. Right. And, and it is that, that one leap of faith that a lot of people either A, can make or can't make. And it's only up to one's individual personal self inside whether they actually make that faith or that leap. Because I've seen a lot of people, as we all have in life, professing to have made the leap. And then you, it's just not at all. They're blindly following, you know. And you hear these tragic stories. Well, well, this person left the church or this happened or this scandal happened. Well, they're only people. You're not supposed to be believing <laughs> in the, the, you know, the ministers or the pastors. They're, they're just like us. The regular people going through the same same planet, you know, on the same planet you are, type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's so interesting. Hmm. Well, this has been really fun to explore with you, Carrie. And, it has been. Thank um, you, it feels like a, a natural place to kind of wrap it up, uh, unless there's anything else that you'd like to share. No, from I'm your, good. Your I'm journey. good. Thank you. I loved hearing more about your background and. Um, just about your life and where it's led you to. And I'm so grateful that it's led you here Aww, and that you're no, part I, of this I feel so church grateful. family. So yeah. thank you. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. <laughs> and thank you everyone who's joined us uh, today to, to spend some time uh, in this conversation with us. Uh, like I said before, it's been a few weeks since we've posted a podcast. So we apologize for that, but um, planning on having a new episode coming out every second Friday for the rest of the year and um, finding lots of great uh, stories from interesting guests to bring to you as well as sprinkled in there some conversations with Robin King as well as always um, and if you're at all interested and haven't before feel free to join us for a Sunday morning uh, church service anytime while we're still uh, streaming like I said we'll be opening up here our doors September 5th in Basha and in Panoka I think but we'll continue our live streams 10.30 Alberta time on Sunday mornings. And you can find all of that as well as Robin's blog, uh, these podcast episodes, and lots more at risingspiritministry.com. Uh, hope to have you join us again sometime soon. And until then, take care and be well. <laughs>